understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome back, Stranded family, to The Stranded Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Hurley. And I know I say this every time about how excited I am about whoever's in the guest chair, because it's typically someone that is a role model or has inspired me on my journey or just, you know, gave me some gem or idea or something to move forward in my life. But this person in the guest chair today, y'all, I feel like this girl is like my spiritual animal, the person that I wish I could be and just treat my fiance this way. Like (laughs) about a month ago, Chris and I uh, caught ourselves in front of the TV looking for a show on Netflix and stumbled upon this amazing series called Extreme Engagement. And it is this amazing journey of this crazy couple that's engaged and they decide to go on a journey all over the world to some of the most unique places together to test their marriage through experiencing other people's marital rituals. And I fell in love. We literally binge watched the show in a night and a half. And I'm so honored today to have Miss PJ Madam as our guest today. So welcome PJ to the Stranded family. Thank you so much, Jess. Ta-da, I'm here with the strippers neck and everything. PJ Madam is my real name. Um, (laughs) Thank you for that introduction. I'm blushing. I feel like I'm not even worthy of that, but thank you so much. That just, I think we're very, very overwhelmed by the response. So just the fact that you even think that I'm, I could be your spirit animal. I mean, I, that's just, that blows me away. So thank you for starters. Um, yeah, that was the show, Extreme Engagement. So you, you pretty much summed it up. It's it's kind of the pre-marriage rituals though. So we were engaged to be married and we went, went around to eight different, um, mainly tribal cultures around the world. So a lot of pl- these places had not been touched by modernity like it's not as though they had electricity or running water or anything like that so we were you know winding back the clock a little and we were exploring how other couples make their love work and just their take on what it means to be married or to be together like a lot of these places don't actually call yourselves married so they don't actually even use the word marriage you're just together so just even the label of what it means to to be you know like monogamous or or not and so yeah we just put ourselves to the to the test and experience all these pre-marriage rituals and some of them we made it with flying colors otherwise we didn't but what it really did was put the spotlight on ourselves so Tim and I came up with this idea for the show because pretty much we'd been engaged genuinely for a while. So um, we'd been engaged for about two years. We hadn't kind of got the plans off the ground. You know, it wasn't the it wasn't as though I was flipping through wedding magazines and it, there was a bit of a stall and there was like nothing that had dramatically changed in the relationship. It's just that our careers were kind of keeping us apart and we were like, oh, this is odd. Like what, what does this mean that we're not rushing, you know, to walk down the aisle? And he had just actually finished filming his own series about, it was called Boy to Man, or I think in the States it was rebranded as Rites of Passage. And it was about how boys become men. And it was about like malehood rites of passage in different areas around the world. But he was kind of out there. He was in these remote places already. He'd been living with tribes. He was kind of in, you know, areas where it takes you five days to get there. And he was really experiencing all these different rituals anyway. So when he came back and we were like, "Mm, what are we going to do about this whole marriage thing? We haven't really had a proper engagement. He was like, well, actually I've stumbled on a lot of rituals where they test couples to see whether or not they're marriage material. We should we should go do this. And I was like, okay. And that, he just caught me on a good day. I just agreed and hook, line and sink. And there I was. <laughs> so you guys did this for 12 months. Was that in the original plan? Was that like what he skipped over? He was just like, Hey, we'll go do one or let's do this for a whole year. No, so basically we thought we would do a few, but in researching that alone, because we're both from a media background, I'm a journalist formally, so you know that you can't just kind of rock up to these places. Like it takes meticulous planning. It's it's not like you just rock up to a tour 
group and just ask for their best recommendations. Like you've got to find fixers, you've got to find interpreters, you've got to find translators, you've got to find guides, you've got to have levels of security, you know, your insurance has all got to be mapped out. So a lot of people have been asking me, oh, can I have my own? Like, can you give me the details of these places? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not responsible for your safety. I cannot be responsible. Please don't put me in charge of that. Yeah, because it's it's very remote. And a lot of, like for three of these places alone, we actually had military security. So it was like no mucking about. It was like genuinely, we're in places where while on the ground, we felt super safe. Getting into the places were a little bit hairy. So yeah, we, we didn't take that lightly. And so we took that. We researched for about 10 months and then we thought... You know, like Tim created a show before that, that Boy to Man or Rites of Passage show. And we thought, would there be any interest in in a real view of what it's like before you get married? I mean, a lot of people have perceptions and they really put on a pedestal that once you get married, all your problems disappear. And it's like you scroll through Instagram, you look at Facebook and everyone's hashtag couple goaling and all the rest of it. And it's like, we're not like that. And we're pretty sure that the way to prepare ourselves for marriage is kind of being set by fairy tales when you're a kid or maybe the ideals of your parents or like the data you download from maybe your greatest role models or maybe it is from movies or, you know, novels. And it's kind of like a real marriage is probably not any one of those, but it's probably like elements of everything. But actually the, the real marriage that you're having kind of starts with yourself. You know, we really realize that, hang on, we're not prepared. Like who are we to come in and imagine that two people can get it right every single day for the rest of their lives. So we, we kind of got drawn to that and thought, would anyone be interested in broadcasting that? And so we did the great big shop around to see whether or not anyone would like that idea. And thankfully Netflix really loved the concept and they thought it was a great take on, on what it means to, to prepare yourself to be married. Um, and so, yeah, they said, yeah, we'll commission it as an original series. And then from there it became quite serious in that, okay, well, we're, we're also, you know, we're filmmakers ourselves. So it wasn't as though we had a traditional 10 man crew. It was just Tim and myself and our best mate who handled the logistics and sometimes press record when we were both in front of the camera. Then it was like, Oh my God, the most intense 12 months living out of a suitcase, you know, no running water, no electricity, no Wi-Fi, no mobile phone, and just being present with each other. And so it was the best experience, but at the time there were moments where I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> before, okay. Before we even get into that, I want to tell me how you felt like, so the planning, the research, all this, like, it makes sense. And then the day you're getting ready to leave, are you like, oh my God, I'm really doing this? Like, were you excited or scared? Not the day that I left, not the day that we left um, Australia, but I, I was really excited actually when we left, but probably... It would have been about two weeks before that I was with um, Tim's mum and for some reason I was just overcome by emotion and I actually like had this moment where I collapsed in the bathroom and I was crying with her and I was just bawling and bawling and bawling and crying and I didn't even know what what about and she was like, it's okay, it's okay, everything's going to be okay and in my mind I was like, what am I doing? Like this is just so overwhelming and suddenly it's going to be, it probably dawned on me that you know, we were also going to be broadcasting this to the world, you know, Netflix goes global. And I think I just had this moment where I was so vulnerable and I was so emotional and I was really grateful that his mum was there. I couldn't be with my parents at the time, but there was some, someone of a, of an older female figure who was just there going, well, she was just holding me going, it's okay. It's okay. It's all going to be okay. And, and, and it's all right. And I was genuinely scared in that moment. And then after that, I think I, I, I got over myself and I was getting excited. By the time we left, I was genuinely excited. And I was probably a little bit naive as well, but I needed that innocence I needed that naivety to, to, to do that because I saw yeah. what you did and I was like there's no way I don't think people understand the severity of like the situations you were in there was times I was scared for you I was like oh my god yeah. PJ get out of there and, and also no, Jess, as, well, as well like people think that there are stunt doubles or like there's like safety measures it's like no we just threw it all up in the air and hope that the universe would look after us. Like there's, it's genuinely well, real, but it's also one of those things where 
you know, you don't want to do like people are like, oh, okay, do you do second takes? It's like that rapid ride, you know, in episode three in Papua New Guinea, you do not want to do that again. Like that was so, <laughs> that was just so risky and dangerous or like even the cracking of the egg. It's not like there were multiple eggs to, to, to choose from. I was so uh, happy there was a chicken oh in there. I was like, yeah. thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> as if you could take that a number of times. So it, it is one of those things where, and also I just want to put in there, I'm not that girl. I'm not the adventure bunny. I am not, I'm a city girl. I grew up in like a small town in Australia. Um, I'm the youngest of four. Uh, I come from a mixed race family. I had a relatively normal childhood, I guess you could say. Um, I'm not an adventure person. I don't go out and bungee jump for fun on my weekends. I don't go and enjoy that thrill seeking. I'm not always on those big roller coaster rides going, yeah, this is what it means to be alive. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good on the ground. I'm fine on the ground. So guys, I have to, this is what I have to point out. This is why, and I'm sure millions of other viewers, this is why I felt like I connected so much with PJ watching this series, because there was a lot of times during the series where it kind of felt like to the viewers that this was more so what Tim wanted. And this was just PJ like, okay, well, fine. This is her, her fiance was very, very adventurous, wanted to do some of the craziest things I've ever seen. And if you've been an avid listener of The Stranded, my fiance is an entrepreneur and is a nut case he wants to he's sky he's been skydiving four times he wants to go again he wants to do wherever we're at he wants to find the craziest thing to do if we're at a resort he's like let's go to the middle of town let's go meet everybody let's go you know when as soon as we leave one vacation it's like where are we going next let's go the furthest from where we're at we can go like he wants to be in the middle of whatever's crazy and i'm like can we just chill can we just can we just go to the beach can we just say, I just want want to float in the pool. (laughs) And so I watched you and I felt it every moment. I was like, and she's, and I'm thinking, oh my God, she's so much stronger than me for doing this. So being a city girl and growing up with siblings and never desiring this, like what in the hell made you like, fine, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone on this one entirely. So, So first of all, I think it's in everyone. I definitely think that when I say to myself, okay, I'm a, I'm a firm city girl and I'm not adventurous. The trait of being adventurous is in us all. It may not be in the way of, okay, I'm going to book myself a skydiving course this weekend, or I'm going to teach myself how to fly a, a plane. I do think that the trait of being adventurous is in everyone. It may not be displayed in the same way. So, I mean, I was a firm city girl, but at the same time, where I came from in, in my, my, my hometown was quite small. I left home. I packed my bags. I wanted to educate myself further. I um, virtually put myself through university. Uh, I did a lot of things where I moved away and I took risks. And I guess in a strange way that was adventurous as well. Like a lot of my friends just stayed in my hometown and just didn't want to take that risk because they'd settled down maybe or wanted to have a family really quickly. And I was like, Oh, what else is out there? This is a risk, but I, I want to be, you know, I just want to see what's on the other side. So in a strange way, I had been adventurous, just not in the same way that Tim had. So when Tim mentioned all of this and kind of put the plan to me, it was at first really, really driven by him. That's true. But at the same time, I was like, I can match this. Like I can match this with him. I'm not, I'm not, um, physically, I don't think I'm built for it. Like, I, I think you've got to be you know, like tough and strong. And then at the same time, I thought, well, what does it mean to be tough and strong? Is it all just up here? Like, what does it matter where I'm going? Like, is it just a state of mind? Like who says I can't live without my phone for a year? Like I haven't even tried it. So maybe I could just give it a go. Um, and yeah, like my showers and I like, you know, putting on my makeup and everything, but I was like, well, who's to say that I can't still do that or I can't just let myself go and in, and enjoy a different part of this. So I just, I wanted to rise to the challenge, but not also see it as being Tim's adventure. I really wanted to see it for, for me as well. Like what would I get out of this as well for myself and not for the relationship? Because I thought if I do this for Tim, I'm going to be really resentful by the end of it. I have to be doing this for me. I have to be governed by what I get out of it. And it seems really selfish and it seems really single-minded and tunnel vision, but at the same time, if you're only doing stuff for your partner, I think, well, I know for me anyway, I can fall into this trap of trying to keep them happy or trying to please them or trying to do what I think 
you know, would contribute to the relationship in their mind. Whereas it's like the relationship starts with you as an individual and what attracts them to you as an individual. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll throw, you know, I'll roll the dice. I'll throw my hat in the ring. I'll give it a go. And also I thought, at the end of the day, like it sounds pretty morbid, but on my deathbed, when I'm, when I'm just about to go from this world, I want to know that I felt my pulse. I want to know that I really lived and I get scared of that moment. I think to myself, oh my gosh, I get really scared of thinking like, oh, you know, life is really short and it can be really yeah, you can be really long if you're miserable as well. And I thought, what does it matter if one year out of my life is spent something, spent doing something crazy? And I thought, the pass anyway. You know, moment is just time, right? Like, sorry, all, all these moments just time, just passing. And I thought, you know, if I regret this, I'll be really, you know, I well, I hope that I don't never live with regrets. But I just thought I don't want to have that. So I thought there's, it's just not going to be any skin off my nose to just give it a go so long as I'm doing it for me. So once we got to that phase and that stage, I was ready. Like I was in my mind, I was mentally ready and it didn't feel so much like Tim was dragging me. It was like, yeah, Tim may have set the agenda, but I was always a willing participant. So let there be no mistake that it wasn't like I, want, I was under duress or he'd rubbed me to take me to these places. And I knew exactly what I was doing because I wanted to do them. So not only is this entirely adventurous on another whole nother level, but and you rose to every occasion. Like I was like, oh, my God, everything from like eating maggots to you did everything like a real woman. You were like, fine, I'll do it. No big deal. (laughs) And (laughs) so not only were you super adventurous, but like the the thing I truly appreciated about this series for anyone engaged or in a relationship or single and you keep bringing this up about how this is actually about you was that you you two were so vulnerable in this like vulnerable on a level that was inspiring like I was like wow like you know he was mentioning when he moments when he was jealous of like members in the tribe you know paying too much attention to you and there were so many moments where you found out so much about yourself and it was like that was what the the actual trip was actually about was for you two to test what it was going to be like under extreme pressure in a marriage which if you plan for it to be a lifetime you're bound for these things to happen and so I just thought what (laughs) did you know when you were sharing those things and when you were going through those things and they were being recorded you were like wow millions of people are going to see this and I'm totally okay with my most vulnerable side being shown to the world because maybe just maybe it'll help somebody It was a risk. Like before this, I was a journalist for almost 16 years. And when you're a journalist, you sit on the fence, you get paid to be on the fence. You you're impartial. You don't have an opinion. And if you do, you make that informed. In this case, it was peeling off all of those layers of my professionalism and being personally me. And we had, I mean, like just, you know, being like Tim being a filmmaker anyway, and me just being interested in this topic of self-development anyway, I was, I was kind of like, isn't that interesting? We're in a phase of the world at the moment where we really want people to think something of us, which is often better and more probably, you know, pristine and have it has a veneer than what it truly is. So I just know for myself, like Tim and I, like very happy to disclose, we fight all the time. Is it bad fight? Absolutely not. Is it just bickering and like silly things? True. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and I kind of thought, well, if we were to put that out there, it would totally shatter a professional image that I have and I've built up of myself. But what is, what does that mean to me? And what risk am I taking if I, if I'm back in journalist PJ mode, if I'm journalist PJ mode, then I'm having a real anthropological look. It's probably more about the tribes. It's probably more about how they live. It's probably more a dissection of that and less on us. But then what have I truly gained and learned? And then what am I you know, willing to share. And I just thought life is, again, life is too short not to share it. And I'm also probably thinking of a couple of other shows that we have here in Australia that are based on relationships. You know, they're reality TV. It's based on relationship. You can see how produced it is. And the difference with this is that Tim and I were doing everything ourselves. So we were the subjects, but we're also filming it. So once you have that camera on, as difficult as it is to have an argument with a camera on you, and I mean, sometimes you would end up having more of an argument because the camera's on you. Same time, there's like a moment where you've got it, like you take an honesty pill and once you do it, you kind of think, 
the truth annihilates everything. Like it kind of, you kind of feel like fearless then. And then when you know that it's going to be broadcast to the world, you're like, yeah. Oh, that's what I signed up for. Might as well just keep going. And for a while, like maybe for a moment, I had this thing where I was like, oh, mom, dad, I'm so sorry. I swear a lot. You know, that's just what I Whoops. And you'll hear about how many people I've slept with and, you know, Tim's past as well. And everything's up for grabs. Like it's totally warts and all. But at the same time, the one thing that no one could deny us was that that was our truth. So if we see Held true to that, and if people appreciated and respected that, um, we were happy. And do you know what? Like, it's not for everyone, you know. Like, out of the the love that we've received, and we have received a lot of love. There's always the one percent who are like, "You guys are terrible, and you're not made for each other, and you know you're totally incompatible." And it's like, it's it's almost a weird, in a roundabout way, it's kind of a compliment that they're so invested in our relationship. It's like, well, that's that's really cool that you that you know what you care about needs to be perfect. But guess what? We're here to say life's not perfect. Relationships are. Perfect. If you're looking for perfection, you're not going to find it. I'm sorry. Like the divorce rates speak for themselves the world over. Like it's just not, you know, we go in with this hope that marriage soul stuff and it just doesn't, but we wanted to be real about that and go, if we have a different take walking in, are we probably going to have different expectations? And, and that's just helped, you know, demonstrably between us. It's, it's really helped us a lot. Well, that was going to be my next question is, so after this experience, you've literally bonded in a way no one has. Now you've been vulnerable with each other on a level no one has. And I'm talking about from physical to mental to everything. <laughs> Do you guys look at each other now and you feel like maybe a small fight and you're like that, you know, you just have this unbreakable bond now. Is it completely different? Yeah, it is. It is actually. And it's, it's better than what I thought. Like there, there are moments where, you know, where the, the show was, when did we stop filming at the end of uh, last year? So there's been like a real weird honeymoon period again. Like you wouldn't expect that. Like almost we're going like six years in or so, like, you know, into our relationship. So it's, it's a really weird, I don't know. We just kind of, it, it has had a beautiful impact on us in a way that I would never have expected. And I kind of think it's not what I thought my life would be, but it's actually better. So I am so grateful for my past marriage, you know, my divorce, the fact that things stuffed up, that my heartache, my heartbreak, my setbacks, my rejections, everything. Now I'm looking at my life going, none of that could have, like my life today could not have been possible with all of those false starts and hurdles that just had to happen this way. It was just the perfection of the universe. I'm, I'm never, ever, ever going to doubt again <laughs> that the master plan that, you know, is in there for all of us um, has kind of got, you know, like th- that happy ending. It's not what you think, but sometimes it's actually better. Yeah. And I just want, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to add to that as well. Just um, uh, a lot of people think that, oh, you know, did you guys, um, really go through those hard phases or those hard, actually it was worse. It was worse than what you saw on camera. For editing reasons and for timing purposes, we didn't always put everything in. We tried to break up three times. We literally tried to break up three times. We had a counselor back home. You know, sometimes we check in and we were just like, we can't go on. We just can't go on. We were so stuck. Oh, one once where I definitely tried, but then I was in the Amazon and I was stuck and I was like, okay, this is going to take seven days for me to get out. So that's not going to work. <laughs> and the other two were just threats during, you know, like fights. But quite honestly, we, we pushed ourselves, like we totally pushed ourselves to extreme. And you can't not like a girlfriend of mine said, PJ, do you know you sound like a complete bitch? Like, you know, in extreme engagement. And I'm like, damn girl are you see are you joking like that's me that's really me like that's not even the half of it and I guess like it's it's kind of like you're pushed to extremes you're in like these climates um life is tough it's a lot harder you don't have any of the the mod cons or normality around you you get over that but then you're filming yourself and then suddenly there's an issue between you two and you're trying to go right I'm I'm on a like a, a crash course of counseling right now. Like what's the real issue here? Like I've got to kind of really dissect what's going on for me and you can't help but be a bitch. Like you just can't help it. And it's like, okay, I've got over that now. And like, it's really strange, but the stuff that we fought about during the trip, we haven't really fought about those topics again. So it's, it's, 
I think this is so cool, though, because at the end of the day, it being the ultimate test, it's like this is the epitome. If you go to a counselor, a marriage counselor, premarital counseling or whatever they say, it's like, don't go to bed mad. You cannot have that syndrome where you walk away or you leave the house every time there's a fight. And you guys put yourselves in situations where you literally had to work through it because you could not walk away. And it's almost like you you trained yourselves in the most extreme climate so that now when the I, I'm gonna use the word petty when the simple petty stuff happens you're like we know we know what to do it gives you perspective like I think I think I'm just grabbing what it gives you a lot of perspective I think to go what matters in life what's important what am I complaining about and I think as well we're getting a lot better and I don't know if this is a result of the counseling that we did have because you needed it like we were in we were in these crazy circumstances where we just couldn't get out of it but I think also we're getting better at kind of counseling ourselves like I really do believe that marriage starts with yourself marriage starts with the relationship that you have with yourself the perceptions that you have of yourself like what I noticed which was an odd thing but and Tim noticed this as well when we would often fight what we were fighting about is stuff that I think if I was really true to myself I would have been fighting about this when I was a little girl you know, like some of these issues I would have been carrying around maybe if I was fighting with my brother or my mum or my dad or, or uh, my best friend. And it's kind of like the perceptions that you have, sometimes they're, they're stamped at childhood. You know, like there's something going, I think I've been like this, not just with you, but with other people before. Like if I'm true to myself, if I'm really quiet, and I look back at myself, I'm thinking, hang on, do I just feel controlled right now? Am I just really fearful? Am I just really scared? Do I just feel like I need to be heard or I need to be listened to? I just need to feel equal or loved right now. And like, if I was really quiet within myself, I'm like, hang on, I'm attracting Tim in my life for me to have an opportunity to look at myself. And when I do that, he is the icing on my cake. You know what I mean? Like when I do my own work on myself and the same for him as well. Like I never think I've never ever thought that going into this relationship that he's got to complete me or he's got to make my life better or anything like that. It's actually like, no, you're the mirror I need to see. And if I work on myself, <laughs> you gotta be in a relationship with somebody that makes you better. But I love what you said, and it was so powerful. And it, it, if you're not experiencing, there's two very powerful things you said there. And it's like one, that person needs to be your mirror. They need to be making you better. They need to be somebody that pushes you beyond your limits. And you'll know it when you find that person. And like you and I talked about earlier before the interview, it might be somebody that makes you extremely uncomfortable or pushes you to make decisions. But look where you found yourself. You're saying your life is even better than you ever anticipated and it was not because he made you a better woman but he made you make decisions and put you in situations that made you test yourself and understand yourself better oh I was gonna say and I think I I taught him stuff about himself as well so there there were differing things that we both gave to each other during that year and I think if you interviewed Tim he would have he would have looked back and gone oh no there was there was a uh, there was a shitload that PJ would have raised in me that I you know to go off and work on myself I wouldn't have had that opportunity if if you know like he was doing something else for example so yeah no I, I think like in that way and I guess maybe only part of that came across through in in the, well, we hope it came across a lot in the series, but not everyone kind of got it. Like a lot of people just saw the action and adventure of it, but underneath every single episode was this genuine lesson that we learnt everywhere we went. Oh, extremely valuable. We would watch you guys go through it and we would be like, oh, that's just like that one time that you did this and I did that. And it was like, it was so comparable. It was so realistic. And it's like what you just said, and I and I hope and pray for my listeners that you get to this level one day because I'm, I've just gotten to this level recently. I can hear in PJ the way she's talking that she, her and Tim have gotten to this level, but it's when you get an argument and you can literally stop and go, wait a minute. You know what? I'm doing that because my dad, Yeah. I'm doing that because of my dad. I'm sorry. I just did that to you. I'm reacting that way because of something that happened in my, you know, when I was a child, I didn't mean to react that way because what you said actually wasn't that serious. You know, when you can like self pick and you realize that two years ago, you would have fought that to the death, like tooth and nail. Yes. (laughs) And, And 
the horse is bolted. Sometimes when the words leave your mouth and you're in a charge, like you've got a charge, you're like, right, I'm, I'm ready to stick on my story. I'm on a narrative and I'm, this is, this is, I'm on the broom ready. Here I come. It's really hard to pull it back. And sometimes you don't want to lose face or sometimes you're scared. Sometimes you're fearful. And in the moment when you're out there and it's minus 33 degrees and then you're stuck in like the middle of sheep and cattle and, goats and, and you, you birth a lamb or whatever that was. <laughs> when this shit's going down and it's like that fight that we just had, that was totally ridiculous. I'm really sorry. And to mean sorry without charge, to mean sorry without any strings attached, to be sorry, to be, to want to, to want to learn more about myself and to forgive, forgive myself. And it's like, Tim, would, would, there was never a moment where he never forgave me. And there was never a moment where I never forgave him. Like it was, we were always forgiving, forgiving. And I think that was the other thing that came out for us. It was like the definition of marriage to us is you keep going. You just keep, you don't give up and you keep going and, and you keep committing to grow because sometimes you're growing differently, different paces, different speeds. But so long as you're doing that, I think the, the ingredients are there. Like I will never, ever um, imagine now, like if any of my girlfriends were like, oh, I found the perfect guy, I'd be like, okay, what does that, per- what does perfection mean to you? You know, like I, I'm curious to know what it means because if it's like, all of these like ticks in the boxes are there, but they're not helping you to grow. I'm like, Oh, I'm just a bit worried because people change. You change. Like everyone does in their own way. It's difficult to change somebody else. But I think when we're growing and somebody's on the same, same track, it's a, it's a great start. You're onto a great start anyway. Listen, y'all don't even know. I feel this on another level. You guys know I became an, (laughs) I became an entrepreneur for four years after my relationship started. I was never on that journey. And everyone's like, Oh, well you did it because of Chris. And I'm like, no, Chris made me better. Chris made me realize that I could have a completely different life. One that I never longed for because I didn't know it was possible. You know, now I can live life on completely different terms the way I want to. And I heard you say it before. Before, and that's exactly how I feel. My life is better than I had ever anticipated. Now, see, that's you being adventurous. You, you're, you said to me before you went adventurous, but you've taken it. It's a really big risk to be an entrepreneur. Like it's a total, anyone who would be listening to this would know business is not easy. No. You know, it, it's tough. It is hard. And that was four years ago. And look where you are now. Like, could you ever have imagined that you would be doing a you know, you'd be reviewing, you'd be, you'd be talking to your listeners like family. Like that's an amazing, like that's adventurous in itself. You know what I mean? Like, I think we think adventurous has got to be out in the wild or it means jumping out of the plane. (laughs) Actually, it's just facing your fears. Adventurous to me, the definition of being adventurous is simply facing your fears, sizing up, walking up to it and going, I may fail, but I'm going to give it a shot. Oh, do y'all hear this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, girl, this is so good. I'm on the soapbox today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just love that, like, this is what every single self-development guru is talking about right now. If you read any popular book, Amazon bestsellers, anything, and you learn the same exact valuable things living in the wild. So you don't, yeah. you don't need a book. I mean, not saying not, don't read, but I'm saying like, these are all things you can, every compartment of your life, everything in your life, you can learn these over and over again. They're valuable tools over and over and over again in your relationship in survival in facing your fears and, and all of it. It's, it's exactly what you expect experience and you lived through it. Yeah. In your job, in your family, in parenthood, in any, like facing like maybe a diagnosis, like, you know, like being let off from your job or, you know, like uh, losing a child or something like, you know, in grief, like there's, there's a lot of chapters in, in your life that I think this part of growing never stops. It really doesn't. <laughs> just, you're on the ride. You're on the ride of life. Just strap yourself in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I do have one really interesting question. Cause if you guys go watch this series, I'm not kidding. It's extreme engagement best thing you'll ever watch spend your time watching you will binge watch it i promise um every like i said every episode you guys experience some type of premarital ritual and they're all so different it will it's so eye-opening to witness of all of them was there any that you were like this is actually really cool or this is better than what we would do in australia like was there something where you were like this is something we should take home um because some of them were really weird (laughs) 
Yeah, some of them are, we're weird, but, but some of them, I mean, like also, it, you know, the sad thing is about a lot of these cultures, a lot of their rituals are dying out. So once electricity finds their way to these, you know, untapped pockets, like the kids there, they want to go to school, they want education, the, the women want health care. Like, so a lot of the, what, what you find is when they start, go, the next generation starts going to the city a lot more, they want to stay there, they want the opportunities and then they, the rituals kind of get forgotten about or you need to resurrect them a bit more and it don't, they only happen for special occasions. So, yeah, some of these things are are dying out and also they're kind of adopting different ways of living. So, yeah, that, that's a sad point. But um, I guess Mongolia and Nigeria were both unique in different ways. So Mongolia, that migration is like... I'm, I'm from a tropical part of Australia. So, you know, the, the average, um, I'm trying to think of what the Fahrenheit is, maybe 90, maybe up to a hundred sometimes. So when you're talking like minus 33 degrees Celsius, I don't know what that would be in Fahrenheit. I think it might be. I know it was cold as shit. Cause it was like, it was like pounds of snow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, if we want to go there, I can tell you some hilarious stories of just what it was like to go to the toilet in that kind of... <laughs> oh, my impossible. gosh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, some days you'd be like, have I been to the toilet? Oh, no, that's right, I haven't. Because it's so cold. My body has stopped working, I'm sure of it. You had on, like, this huge coat, and they were like, you have to take that off. It's not big enough. I was like, what? It was not, and thank God I did because I would have just frozen to death. And of course, I had not been on a horse before, uh, like this Mongolian pot pony. So I, I was not really great with animals. And then, of course, by the end of it, he's PJ with her hands up an animal's vagina, pulling out the the leather. So you know, like it's just crazy the trajectory and the transformation that I personally had. But the really cool thing about it was that what that taught me and something that may not have come across so evidently was that we in Australia anyway, really strive to grow up, get, get a um, job and buy a house. And the idea of being anchored, particularly with your partner is something that couples strive for. Like they want to be with their partner and they want to have a house. They want to brick, you know, bricks and mortar here. You don't have that. You You're constantly that. moving. You're constantly moving. Your stuff was literally the stuff on your back or the stuff on the horse, the stuff on the camel. And it didn't matter. And it was like, Oh my gosh, there's another way to live without your stuff, without your possessions. And I know like when I came back, everyone was into, you know, sparking joy and Marie Kondo and having a minimalism life and throwing out stuff you don't need. And it was like, Oh my God, I've lived that. And actually it's so true. You don't need a lot of that stuff with you. So I really enjoyed get get like pushing myself to that point. And like, I'm a stuff kind of girl, you know, like I like my stuff. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. It was like, Oh, actually, if I only had to live out of a suitcase, would I mind and the answer is no. And I think that would be the same for anyone. You, you totally adapt. Give yourself room and the opportunity to change because it's there. You just sometimes need to be in that situation to realize it. So that for me was, it wasn't so much a ritual. It was a way of living that I took from them where I was like, oh my gosh, that's really amazing. I've learned something that I never thought I would learn. And it wasn't so ritualistic. It was just the way that they were. Wow. What about, and you said there was another one in Nigeria that was really unique? Oh, Nigeria. So they were just simply, the women there just spun me out because it was just like, you know, I think from where we're from, it's, you know, you're in a monogamous relationship most of the time, like you strive for that. Whereas here, the women were so cool about their fellow sisters sleeping with their man. And it was just, it was, it spun me out. And yet at the same time, they, they would say to me, they would say to me, if she left, I'd die. Like I would just be so upset if she left and be like, who's closer here? Like, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to misrepresent like what, you know, they were definitely, they'd have one week on with the husband, one week off. So one week he would be more closer to one of the wives. The second week he'd be closer to the second wives. And you've both got separate families, but you're kind of together. But the bond between the women was phenomenal. They just loved each other as much like sisters so they didn't, they kind of compartmentalized the fact that, you know, your best friend is basically sleeping with your husband. So you just kind of turned that blind eye or you just switched it off. Were you cool with it? I'm not quite sure. I never got down to the bottom of that. But what they gave to each other as both being women, like they both would gang up on him. They would both like bitch about him. They would sometimes be really, you know, like they'd both be each other's mothers for, for each other's children. Um, they would both help each other. They would both get, you know, fetch the water together, clean together, do stuff together. And it was like, 
I'm missing something here. I thought that jealousy would be the first emotion you'd sit with, and they did, but they moved on. They got over it. They evolved. They found ways that it would work for them. And I was like, I would be so curious to know if men would have the same approach if it was two men in a room. And alas, we didn't find anyone who who practiced that kind of kind of polyandry. But it was really, I know, it was it was phenomenal watching how cool they were knowing that that was the case, that that was like basically the, the situation that they were in. I know when we saw the episode and like the title came up, my fiance was like, oh, we, we, we're watching this. <laughs> and we watched it and he was like, no way. I could never. Multiple wives. No, I had no desire. Like after watching it, it was just like who, you know, most men joke and think that that's what they truly desire or want one day. But watching it was so interesting to see people well, really. Hectic, doesn't it for the man? It gets really, really hectic for the guy because he's got to like be good to both of them. He doesn't want them to gang up like suddenly there's a mutiny you know like they're like of course the men there like the gender roles are quite clear and they do wind back the clock a little bit it's not it's not exactly equal but at the same time it kind of is in the sense that those women can gang up and together you know like they can be you know like wonderfully dangerous together so it, it was kind of cool to see that that flip in in dynamic in, in gender role as well and just for me just the fact that they were so cool with each other I was just like mind blown oh my gosh and it, you know, made me think about affairs and what happens when someone cheats on you and, you know, saying committed for the rest of your life and, you know, fidelity and infidelity. And, and is it, is it plausible to think that you can, there is life after, uh, if something happens and how do you forgive really feel like all of that kind of stuff was, it just all, yeah, it blew my mind. And I'm so glad that we did that. I'm so glad that we had an experience like that. I, ho- I was going to say, I hope you remind yourself regularly that you had an experience majority of people will never have in their lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I it's touch wood every day. It's something that I feel like. And the, and the other weird thing is that I, I would hope that we left our mark on the people that we visited as well. Like yeah. every then we get messages back and, and forth through um, our in, intermediates, like the, you know, maybe the fixes or the guides or something where we're hearing something from them. And I've heard the other day that the girls in Cameroon that we did the possession rituals with, yeah. they're all now married um, except for one and most of them have children. So oh. I was like, so the age of marriage and consent, there's a lot lower in, in these areas. But I was like, oh, my gosh, they've all now got married. Like that was only – a year and a bit ago. So like to see them now and to see that some of them might even be carrying ch- children is just, oh, oh my God, I just, you know, trying to pass messages back and like, oh, what are their names? What's happening? I need to see pictures. And yeah, so yeah, there, there, there would be moments where I think if we just saw them again, it would just be, the, te- the tears wouldn't stop. Right. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so amazing. That is so cool. All right, key things. I definitely hear the relationship stuff, but like, it, but the very beginning of this, we talked a lot about like, like how this is primarily about you as an, an individual, Tim as an individual, two key things you learned about yourself on this, because this like you tested yourself to the limits on this. I think two of the key things, well, wow, there's heaps, but I think one of the things is that for me, I worked out that in a relationship, when you're having conflict, you're actually only dealing with yourself. Something's up for you that you need to address and perhaps there there is something that the other partner has done that's ripped off the lid of an issue that will follow you around until you until you address it. And it's kind of like you can't run from yourself, right? So even if even if Tim and I broke up and there was somebody else, I'd probably still be having that same issue, which then makes me realize actually if I stopped and was really honest with myself, I've got to be dealing with myself. I've got to be dealing with these this perception or this idea or this thought or a belief and really prosecute it, like really drill down and go, where did I get that thinking from? And is it real? And, you know, like, like you would in anything, like criticize that, maybe not the person I'm kind of thinking, right, what's the belief? Okay. Tim's making me do something or is he, or is it, I feel like I'm being controlled. Oh, that's not the first time I felt that before in my life and kind of pick and rewind and, you know, like try to take it away from the person because they're just bringing stuff up for you. They're not necessarily, you might think that, and the hardest thing is going, but they're causing it, but you know, I want to blame them for it. It's like, no, it, that would happen anytime. Like that, that can happen with the, the coffee shop assistant and something else is happening in your life. Well, that could happen at work or that could happen with a friend. And that doesn't necessarily mean your partner, like you're both going through your own stuff. 
So yeah, the first thing is that I'm only dealing with myself. And I guess probably the second thing is that the perception that we have on marriage being a solution is part of a problem. I think the idea that you grow up, you find the one, you get married and everything is going to be hunky-dory is a little bit of a bum steer, I think. I can't help but think that that's that's so unrealistic of your partner. It's unrealistic of yourself, you know, like your partner is a living human being. (laughs) They're going to make mistakes. They're going to let you down. They're going to grow themselves. And sometimes they're going to outgrow you. Sometimes you're going to outgrow them. And I think the idea that marriage is this glue that, you know, like it will be perfect after that is just, it's not always happily ever after, but sometimes it's better. Sometimes that's better. And I think just taking away that expectation um, was the takeaway that I got out of this whole experience. Whether we were recording or not, that was the most enlightening thing I've heard in weeks. And I really appreciate that. I'm literally thinking to myself, I needed to hear this so bad today. <laughs> oh, gosh. I sound, like a, I sound like a hippie kind of guru that's just, you know, taking a massive joint before coming here going, <laughs> what is this girl saying? She sounds like she's just digested a whole lot of spiritual stuff and just talking through a bum right now. No, this is all (laughs) so, it's so true. It's so true. Like expectation is the killer of all joy. We have this expectation that we've been taught our entire lives. And then we get this huge letdown when we are let down, but we're human. And from ourselves as well, the expectations we put on ourselves, like I've been through moments where I've been anxious and feeling depressed and really low and I self-sabotage and actually I've put on these crazy expectations of myself and it's like, what am I comparing myself to this imaginary version of PJ? Like what's wrong with me now? Like embrace the struggle, embrace the fact that I'm getting there, embrace the fact that I'm trying, embrace the failure, embrace the setback. It's life. That's the entire, that's the entirety of this podcast. It's embracing, learning how to press play during the stuck phase is embracing the stranded phase is it's gonna, it's gonna come. It's here to teach you a lesson. It's part of life. It's going to make you better. It's going to make you better. Like your experience is like you fast tracked life. You fast tracked, like you fast tracked it in a year. You were like, give me all the tough shit right now. Boom, 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 boom. Some people sneak it under the cup and I'm like, give it, bring it, serve it, let's do it. <laughs> In the episode where you, and I'll ask you the last question of this because I'm not going to waste more of your time, but the episode where you couldn't cry, oh, oh. that was so you guys they went to china you have to tell them real quick they they went to china and the ritual was that the woman had to cry what was it for 30 days traditionally traditionally the the woman cries to basically say goodbye to her old life and it's a symbol of respect as well like good good girls like they they cry to say goodbye to their family and to the life they used to live and to being single and it's a sign it's it's a symbol of respect and of course, you know, I just thought I'm, I'm walking in here going, please, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to cry. You know, we had our horoscopes read and it was quite funny because it, it kind of matched why I don't cry and why Tim's more you know, exactly who I was. So there was like no running from that. Thank you. Um, and by the end of it, so the really interesting thing that those women were just gorgeous and they, they knew they were like, oh, we're going to crack PJ. We are going to crack PJ. And, you know, behind the scenes, of course, we, you know, Tim and I were really, really struggling at that point. And, um, it was, it was a funny thing because, you know, like, even though there are language barriers, you have translators and interpreters and everything. And despite the language barriers, she never underestimate how much is picked up through body language. And I think women, women get women like the world over, even though you may be, you know, divided in by a language, you just know there's something gut feeling intrinsic. Like if you've met a woman for the first time, you can't communicate, but you just feel body language. It's amazing what you pick up. It's like almost 90% of the conversation is already there. So weird. It's just, I feel like it's, that's all sometimes what I needed. So they knew that I was sitting on something, like I was kind of feeling this emotion. I was really thinking of like, marriage as I knew it. I was thinking of my past. I I was bringing up my, my former marriage a lot. And I was thinking, wow, this is, I'm, I'm at a crossroads genuinely and majorly. So in that last scene where you see me walk to cry with the women, it was real. Oh my God. I'm almost like in tears now, but they, they were basically crying before I even walked in. So 
Yeah. It, it, like, it, and it was just inevitable that I was going to cry. It was just, this is on, the waterworks are coming. There's nothing I can do about it. It was like, you know, like, you know, like you're going to be sick or something. Like you can't stop it. You just can't stop it. And these tears just did not stop. They cracked you. They cracked you. They were like. (laughs) They knew it. They knew it. They knew it. And it was just gorgeous. Like the um, grandma, she just held me and she was shaking and I was shaking and, oh, but it was just so beautiful. Like by the end of that, we didn't want to go. We were like, oh my gosh, you've just played a, you have like for them, I don't think they realized how much of an integral part they played in my life. They peeled back like an entire layer. Yeah. And then like Tim and I, again, we were, you know, back in counseling, we were like behind the scenes, but we were, it was, it shook us up, but it was like, I felt a relief. I was like, okay, I was honest with myself and this is amazing. And then next minute we were in the, in the next episode and it was really rocky. It was, we had to hold on really tight for that, that moment, but it was like, wow. Okay. Then Tim had, you know, he was growing as well. So it was like, oh my gosh, this, this adventure, I think Netflix were really, really scared at one point going, are they going to make it? And we're like, look, this adventure has got a life of its own. We don't know. We honestly did not know half the time if we were going to be, like if we were going to survive and like how we, what we would do. And it was just, yeah, it was phenomenal. It was, it was a really. There was so many times when I was like, are they going to live? Like when it was like, it takes three days to get there. And I was like, what? What? Don't do that. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. The silent treatment all the way through. Yeah, no, we've done every, we've suffered every weird phase that I think a couple can go through. Like the non-speaking, the passive aggressive, the, like talking, but not really talking the complete silent treatment The you know, I'm only going to talk to you through this other person. Like we've been through everything. We've had every different style of fight. We've, Oh my God, we've addressed everything now. It's really interestingly, we just get to the point. It's, and then it's kind of like, okay, hang on. Like, as you say, you stop and you pick yourself and you kind of maybe pull it back a bit. Or sometimes it's like, okay, I'm way too stuck on the story. The horse is bolted. I can't control myself and I've got to say sorry at some point. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, guys, <laughs> just go watch it. You'll understand this PJ and Tim so much better. But um, I guess my, my last and I, I would say most important question would be if you just could rewind the clock, like, would you do this all over again? Or like, I think this is probably going to be my life now. I think the really interesting thing is being back in Sydney and I love Sydney and, you know, it's been great and having showers is great and all the rest of it. But I think like I miss, I miss something about the wild. It's really strange how it gets underneath your skin, but it's like, where to next? What are we going to do next? And we've had so much feedback from the show. Like so many people want to know what are we doing next? What are, what's going to happen? Are we going to have a baby? And it's like, Oh my gosh, that's a Pandora's box all on its own. You know, like, (laughs) you know, like it's not always easy to get pregnant as well. So looking at infertility and Oh my gosh, the, the, the the most incredible thing is it's like, you can learn this here like in the in the modern world but what we've found is that going out and living a different life it does fast track it it does absolutely fast track and I know a lot of people are like oh but you know that's just for like you you you're just doing that for you and it's like don't ever doubt though what people when they're opening their homes what they're getting out of it too you know like we we missed them completely like all the families that we've lived with we've missed them completely, but also they are willing, they are opening their doors. They, they want, you know, like to help. And it was, that was kind of like the family and the friends that we never even needed when we never even realized we needed, you know, like sometimes your marriage, like, or your relationship goes along, but sometimes it's that support crew around you that you just think, Oh my gosh. Or even if they're not supporting, but they're there and you want the support. It's like, how did I ever think I was going to get through this by myself? Right. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. I was like, she secretly is probably so glad to be back. (laughs) No, no, no. This will be your new life. Yeah. Yeah. No. And like, again, I still think I'm not adventurous. It's like, don't put me in that basket. I am no adventure bunny, please. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Me either. I'm like, uh, uh, but I, but, and you are, we all are, we all are. I think it's just the way we frame it and the way we see ourselves. It's like, if I'm going out to these places, I'm so wearing mascara. I am not giving up. <laughs> there were so many times that I saw you in there and you had on no makeup and I was like, I swear she has on mascara though. Like, <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm like, I'm using myself. Like, okay, my makeup kit is not nearly as it used to be from like when in my reporting television days, but I'm like, damn, I'm using my mascara and I'm putting on just a little bit of foundation and a bit of sunscreen. And now I'm ready to be dirty. <laughs> now I can get dirty. <laughs> I love I love I love that you talked about like this little bit of adventure in all of us. I was just and I'm I'm going to talk about this on a very like incremental level compared to what you did. But I was just talking to my fiance about this this weekend because he wanted I've never been parasailing and we were in Mexico and he was like, let's go parasailing. And I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like, I'm probably going to be really scared. And, you know, I've got I've got all this doubt and all this fear. And I'm like, mm, and he's like, come on, let's just do it. Let's go. Don't think about it. Let's go. And we did it. And it was the funnest thing. I Like, it was top five things I've ever done. It was beautiful. It was peaceful. It was quiet. Like, I was like, I'll do that every day. We're here. It was so much fun. And when I came down, then and then we went jet skiing. We did all this other stuff. And I, I was walking and I said, you know what I just realized? The fear is not about the actual thing because once you do it, you just adjust. And I'm in those moments, I'm never scared. It's like the fear of making the decision to do it. Absolutely. And the fear is always worse than the actual action or the ritual or the parasailing. The fear is like, I have been skydiving before actually and going up in the plane was worse than jumping out. It's just, it's it's just what it is. It's It's the anticipation. It's like the decision, your mind making this decision that I might regret later what is the worst decision I ever make? That's the fear yeah. of making the decision. Yeah. yeah. So he's teaching you a lot about yourself and oh, your boundary. Listen, <laughs> stretched me a thousand percent. I'm yeah. honored. Sometimes I'm annoyed, but I'm honored. <laughs> it's really funny. Like I kind of think, um, and I used to say this to him, I used to say, oh, I'm not for you. Like I'm like the girl who really wants to be doing this all the time. And then he, he said to me once, he said, you know, I've been out with girls like me and I found it really boring. <laughs> And then I, it was kind of like, isn't that interesting? It's, it, it, it's like when he when he has dated himself, basically like a female version of himself. It's not what he wanted. It's like it's kind of like I, I realized then that I absolutely had to be unapologetically me, no matter what phase I was in, no matter what I was stuck with, like as a belief or a thought. I just thought I can't compromise on being exactly who I am. Like if I'm complaining at this point, I'm complaining at this point. I'm going through my stuff. I'm going through my emotions. If by the end of it, I'm delivering a lamb on the snow because I just am so in love right now and I can't believe the life that I've been given and I'm really, really actually hashtag grateful, then that's my journey, you know? Like it's kind of like just being unapologetically you for all the phases that you go through to grow. So I just think don't change. I bet you, you know, Chris is loving you for exactly who you are and all all you got to do now is just love you for who you are. That's all it is. Oh, my God. This was... Listen, this was like a therapy session. I don't need anything else after this. <laughs> you don't even realize you became a relationship expert after this, did you? <laughs> I need to sit drink and it's only 10 30 in the morning here in Australia. I'm like, oh my God, what did I just say? Oh my God. No, oh my this God. is going to be so valuable to my listeners. It was extremely valuable to me. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm just like, I need to listen to this one more time over. So thank you so much, PJ. Oh you were an absolute pleasure. I just want you to tell all of our family where they can find you on Netflix, where they can stalk you on social media and how they can keep up with your journey from now on. Okay, so yes, it's called Extreme Engagement on Netflix. Um, I'm not quite sure where you sit in the algorithm if you are into relationship adventure uh, kind of rom-com stories, but you might need to search for it in the search bar. Um, it is, it's global, so it's worldwide. You can get it everywhere as long as you've got Netflix. And um, my handle is at PJ Madam, uh, M-A-D-A-M, spelled the same way. But yes, and that's my real name, um, either on uh, Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter and the other thing is that Tim and I are about to launch our website and you can keep up to date with all of our stuff very soon so it's under our company name um, at Big Entrepreneurs it's under under our company name uh, Wildman Films it's about to be launched in about two weeks so we're very excited about that and the journey continues yeah I'm so excited to follow it congratulations on Wildman Films congratulations on a successful series congratulations on all of the self-development and relationship and from my understanding you are married now this got you married I, I we need to do another podcast on the <laughs> if you get to episode 8 where it's um, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get to episode eight and I can fill you in on a little bit about that. Because Perfect. there's a reason why it ends the way it does. So I'm not quite sure. It may have been hidden in the... Yeah, so there are eight episodes just to let everyone know. And if you watch from one to eight, then you'll kind of track the trajectory of what was going on for us it, like in reality. So I love yeah. it. I love it. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Go watch it. Watch it till episode eight. Congratulations on all the much deserved success to you and Tim. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to you for this podcast and being an entrepreneur pushing yourself. Thank you. You're living your best life. That's amazing. And I'm I'm loving every minute of it. I never thought this would be my life. And I'm sure you never thought that would be your life. But you're like, wow. Like, oh, I'm kind of glad this person came along. Like. Yeah. 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 Have All right, say. guys. Yeah. Go follow PJ. It will. You will not. You will not. It will not be a mistake. You will be so. It is. She's a pleasure to witness. And uh, go make sure you check out Extreme Engagement. It's worth. You'll probably watch it in 24 hours. So it's worth. It's worth a night of your time. Trust me. And thank, thank you, you so much, much PJ, for being on the strand uh, and joining us and being honest and vulnerable and teaching us how to truly embrace a crazy phase of our life. You were an honor. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness. Greatness.